0: Well, folks, with the Whitefield Report in its fifth season and me starting my 14th year of podcasting in 2021, I figured now would be as good time as any to start a Patreon page for the podcast. And I know everyone these days has a Patreon page who is a podcaster, but let me tell you what you're going to get if you decide to join the Whitfield Report Patreon. At the one level, at the $1 level, you'll simply be uh, contributing. That'll simply be a way of saying thank you, uh, and I appreciate it, but that's that. However, at the $3 level on up, you're going to be getting access to an exclusive uh, podcast that I'm hoping to do weekly, called the Savage Express Podcast, and on that podcast, exclusive to Patreon subscribers and supporters, I'll be covering music and movies and pop culture, and personally and anecdotes in ways that uh, I can't cover on uh, YouTube or traditional podcast platforms. I'm hoping to do this every week. I might not, but it'll certainly be a longer-form podcast uh, for those types of topics, if you're interested in that sort of thing, and uh, I also might be re-releasing some uh, episodes of the Whitfield Analysis, my old podcast, re-releasing the back catalog, as it were, uh, digging out some old video clips. That I've had an archive for years, and posting all of that exclusively to the Patreon site for you guys. It's going to be a good time, and uh, there are a couple of different tiers you can join in at. Uh, I understand if you can't join the Patreon, but if you're if you're able to uh, financially support the show and you want to help out. Joining the Patreon would be the best way to do that, so I encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash Whitfield Report and sign up on one of the tiers today. And uh, again, folks, I want to thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And hopefully, uh, I can look forward to your financial contribution, which I deeply appreciate as well. God bless, folks. Uh, Godfrey and amongst in that order. Said Owen oh, Benjamin tried to poison my lasagna. That's how you're going to try and diss someone in a wheelchair? By saying that the wind blew them over? That's the, uh, that's your... Slight jab at me, buddy. Nice try. Must be nice to try and make uh, jokes like that. Found out about Own Benjamin and the Unbearables. I can't remember exactly who told me about them. It, it might have been one of them who had who had reached out to me, actually. Long story short, in, in like March of 2018, I was working to, of course, continue building the show and I was looking for a group of, uh, networkers, uh, kind of a like-minded creative conservatives, and, uh, you know, I was told about The Unbearables. I, I found out about Owen through the, uh, the JRE podcast. To be honest, I wasn't really a big fan of him comedically. Like, I thought he was okay, but he wasn't, you know, great. Right. But I kind of liked what he was doing with the whole, you know, anti-trans kids thing. That really spoke out to me. And in the beginning... The Unbearable t- seemed to be a great uh, network, you know, people who were doing uh, creative stuff like art and design and podcasting and video production, parody, songs, musicianship, and the case of Chuck Bors, and just late-night streams, which was how the I met the original DZ guys. Of course, John Neary was my first uh, interview for the brief period of time I was with the Bears. But here's the thing, Owen's not even a conservative, he's a fucking leftist, posing, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. How, how, how dare you? Owen is doing the shit that mass shooters do before they go and do a school shooting. Here's my manifesto, we need to get rid of the weak people. And I'm not saying he's going be the only one to do this. Uh, an Australian man he murdered his wife with uh, her, a terrorist who stabbed her in the chest. This is a warning to the general public about Owen Benjamin. We warned you. Ow, oh, ow, oh, ow, oh, ow, oh, how dare you? Must uh, be nice. <laughs>
1: According to him, the goat urinated on him first, in front of Amy. All this all this gay talk is pissing off my German shepherd. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Whitfield Report audio podcast. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, and uh, for this week's Thursday edition of the podcast, I have two very special guests uh, joining me uh, tonight for the podcast, uh, Jason and Tate Vili. Uh Jason, as many of my longtime listeners will remember was my old uh, co-host at the Junior Factor Nation uh, podcast network and we've known each other for uh, about 10 years now almost Uh, since like 2011 2012 I believe it's been quite a long time and uh, I've had Jason on the podcast uh, before it was uh, last year when the election was just starting out Uh, But it was great to catch up with him and his brother uh, Tate for this uh, podcast. We were going to try and do it live on YouTube uh, tonight, but technical difficulties prevented us from doing that. So uh, this is the next best thing. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the podcast, and uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Jason and Tate Vealy of uh, formerly Junior Factor Nation. And uh just great guys. So um anyway guys, welcome back to the Whitfield Report and it's uh been a long time since you guys have been on. Um so just how are you guys doing tonight? Can't,
1: can't it's always a good night, Sam, when we could join you on the air. Uh, so I'm not complaining.
0: Well, thanks for joining me. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So, we're a uh we're a week removed from the death of Rush Limbaugh. Uh today in fact is I believe a week since his death. And uh Jason, I know that you were always more of a Mark Levin fan, but I also know that you uh listened to Rush. So, um do you remember remember when the first time you heard Rush was? And uh you know if so what was that experience like? And then what, if uh, any impact, did he have you on you as a podcaster?
1: Well, I'll get into the impact he had on me as a podcaster. I'm going to let Tate take the question of when we kind of first started listening to Rush, because we kind of have, like, an interesting story growing up with that. Um, and he tells it better than I do, so. Um.
2: Yeah, well, so, I mean, to... T- as I, as they say now in, in in the media press, to circle back to that, um, yeah, no, I remember a, a long, long time ago. I mean, I remember truthfully listening to Rush, uh, like subconsciously, almost as as far back to when I was maybe even like six, seven years old. I just recall my dad; he was a frequent listener. He would he would watch Fox News and all that as well, but one thing he would rarely miss was the limbaugh program okay. and i just remember so so vividly anytime we were on a car ride during rush's time slot anytime we were uh specifically at the beach in florida was a, a huge time when he would bring a little uh cooler radio out to the beach with us and he'd turn on limbaugh and um I, you know i wouldn't be actively listening but i just remember limbaugh's voice Uh being there all the time anytime my dad was listening to radio it was limbaugh and i i associate so many unbelievable memories Uh with hearing his voice and it's really incredible because that those memories helped to shape my uh listening to him as i got older as well i found comfort in listening to his show Uh it was like listening to a buddy a friend who i've been around forever yeah. And I mean we, we needless to say his pol- or his uh his show impacted my beliefs and stuff and it was just like listening to to someone who was thinking the same things that I was thinking and all that but I just r- recall hearing him all the time throughout my entire childhood and and I that manifested into me and Jason being huge fans of his throughout you know up until his untimely death. Yeah. Really really yeah. incredible.
0: Yeah. Um, For me, and I know that the listening audience has heard this uh, story millions of times, so for those of you listening, uh, bear with me. And I I think I might have told you guys this story as well, but it would have been a long time. I specifically remember the first time I remember hearing Rush, I was in the car with my mom, and I was about nine or so, And, uh, like, I was already kind of into, I wouldn't really say politics at that point, but, like, American history uh, was, like, my favorite subject in school at that point. And I remember hearing Rush, and I remember just hearing how much energy he had and how much fun he was having on the radio. And I remember thinking to myself, like, Right then and there, I knew that I wanted to get into radio. Like, I knew that that was what I wanted to, to do. Uh-huh. And then later on, um, I remember him talking about, like, American exceptionalism um, on his program. And at that point, I think I was, like, in fourth or fifth, fifth grade. And uh, all of the American apologist uh, curriculum was starting, like, even then. You know, how America wasn't that great and the whole thing with, like, how we mistreated Native Americans and all that and, you know, how we had a lot of, you know, shame in the past. But Rush, you know, was the opposite, opposite of that. So that kind of planted a seed for me, you know, so I, I, would, I would really listen to Rush as much as I could during the summers and then... Right around the time, like, podcasting became a format, um, I remember a friend of mine actually started, like, a comic book, book podcast, and uh, he's not doing it anymore. But I remember thinking, well, what if I were to do a podcast, uh, you know, like that? So I grabbed, like, a one of those... USB headset mics, and just pressed record on, like, whatever the standard Windows, you know, recording program was at that point, and started doing, you know, a podcast, and then, you know, I would kind of play around with it on my, on my own time, and then when I was, like, around a freshman in high school, someone actually found my show, and they liked it, so I actually started to make it, like, A full-blown thing, and uh, you know, I think I was, I think I was like a sophomore or a junior when I first met you guys, and uh, as they say, the rest is history.
2: Indeed, yeah, it's it's amazing, and to to go off that too, I think you and a whole bunch of others uh, in America were shaped and developed your future by rush limbaugh opening up that door and by uh talking on air like a lot of us thought and that gave way to everyone or a lot of people saying you know what yeah there's there's room in the media for me to be able to say this and that it just it's amazing what he's done for conservative voice in this country
1: and you know sam i'll just add this too and tate kind of touched upon this earlier um one of the reasons i think rush was so successful uh at what and so just so good at what he did and the reason i think why he had such a large audience of course he was very smart and very well spoken but rush also had this way of making every single person listening to him feel like they've known him forever feel like their best friends with them, um, you know. I'll tell you a quick story. I remember a couple summers ago, I was working these odd jobs, just trying to make some extra money. And I had this job for um, a short period of time, about two months or so, and it was kind of a tough job, weird learning curve, and it was just real stressful. And I remember every day at lunch, I had about a little over a half hour or so. I'd go out to my car and I'd just turn on Rush, and it was it was like a it was like a comfort blanket. It was just you know, just very, it was like I was sitting in my car, eating lunch and talking to a friend, and Rush had that ability. Um, and I think he was able to connect with millions of Americans in this way, and that's why, that's one of the big reasons, I think, why um, he was one of the greatest
0: to ever do it. If if not the greatest to do yeah. it. I mean, oh, yeah. And, I mean, obviously, I know that, you know you're a fan of Mark Levin, and that perhaps Mark had a bigger influence on you. But I didn't know up until recently that Mark Levin was actually part of Rush's uh, legal scholar team back yeah. in the early '90s. That was fascinating um, to to learn, and just
1: and I, and I'm, I also think I think Rush was involved in Mark Levin's uh, legal. Uh, team two in some capacity
0: yeah i mean rush was i mean rush never rush never even went to college uh, yeah the right fact, the fact that he and i i think this is what irritated the left about him so much is like he never even went to college and he uh-huh. wasn't quote-unquote educated right um Despite the fact that he came from a family of lawyers, like, he was kind of the black sheep of the family. And yet, he's the one who arguably became the most successful and the most well-known.
2: What's funny about that, too, how the left would bash him for not being educated because he didn't go to school, he became infinitely more educated than probably anyone who was saying that he's not educated at all he was devoted to doing research and to looking at history and looking at facts he knew the constitution inside and out he knew all of these things like the back of his hand and the people who would say he's uneducated they clearly just don't know what they're talking about because they don't they it's all a, a bring me down scheme but he was a very brilliant man
0: Yeah, I I remember also, I remember reading, like, one of his books that was published, like, back in 1990 or 1991. And in that book, he says that, like, he reads, that he got, like, ten newspapers a day delivered to him, and and that he would read them all, like, cover to cover. And that was, like, 30 years ago. I I can't imagine reading, like, 30, you know, I can't even imagine, like, reading a whole newspaper. What on ten every day just to do show prep. That boggles my mind.
2: Yeah, he was definitely devout to his show because he thought he felt like he owed it to his fans, his incredibly loyal listeners who he loved so much. And that's why I think a lot of us really felt like we were listening to a friend. Because he loved us as much as we loved him in the studio.
0: Yeah. So where do you think the conservative movement really goes from here? This is a question I wanted to ask you guys as well, because, um, the last time we talked, uh, at least on the show, the, 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 the 2020 election was still, it really hadn't even gotten into full swing yet. But, um, what are your thoughts kind of on how the election turned out? And, uh, were you surprised and where do you think the conservative movement go, goes from here people keep asking me that and i have a few ideas but as people who have been in the trenches with me for all this time where do you guys see things going for the well
1: I'll, I'll i'll start by saying that yeah, you know i won't get too too much into the election um i i, I do think it was i um I I want to be careful with what I say here, Sam, because I don't want anyone coming after you and shutting down your show. But I think there was some things going on that um, that uh, weren't necessarily in Mister Trump's favor, so to speak. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, and and said, I I don't know how legitimate the results were. I um, but
0: you you, you go can ahead. say you can say the election was stolen. I've said it. Before. Okay. All right. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Listen,
1: it's it's your show. I. I didn't want to impede but if you're fine with that yeah the, the election was stolen it was replete with fraud um I, I think that it's incredibly obvious that the democrats um had this in the works for um had this plan in the works for months leading up to the election i think they took advantage of the whole COVID 19 situation to yeah. try to um, ram through mail-in ballots which just invites um fraud um i i think that i think that trump was the real winner and i think that biden won because the democrats forced him to win essentially
0: yeah um go ahead i i mean if you if you want to know my honest opinion and i have to be careful here um i don't think covid is fake But I think it's been drastically overblown just as a whole. It's been politicized. And yeah, it it has been politicized and it has been from the very beginning. I don't think, honestly, and I mean, now that we're connected to Discord, I'll invite you into my uh, Discord, but Apex, my uh, co-host on the Saturday show, he and I have both been adamant that masks are completely useless in stopping this thing so yeah. why then does fauci and everyone else i mean now they want us to wear two masks and we're told that even with the vaccine eh, it's not going to be enough we're still going to need to wear masks
1: why? i know and, and and it comes down to sam because the government, the federal government, the state governments, the the, um, the, the local governments, they, they thrive on this kind of control. They like being able to say, they'll never admit it, I mean, but they like at the end of the day being able to say what governments can or what businesses can operate, when they can operate, how many people they can have in their stores. They like that kind of control and authority over us um and so they're they're not going to be so quick to give up this this power that's just kind of fallen into their lap with covid-19
2: right and you know what it's i'm going to go off that too because what fauci has done and been doing is despicable this man is the head of the national institute of D- infectious diseases and he has he is supposed to be the leading voice for this nation in what to do this man has flip-flopped what he says Almost weekly. It's unbelievable. And the fact that people are taking this man serious, people need to take a hard look at what he has been saying because it's a loose track record. He's all over the freaking map. And furthermore, just to go on your thing about the masks not working, we have to understand that COVID-19, this virus is not going to go away. Just like when the flu came Uh over here, it didn't go away. But what we did as a nation and what we did as a people is we adapted and we we uh, uh, for lack of a better term got used to it. There's yeah. there's uh, there's immune immunizations that you can get, and there's Our certain yeah uh, yeah there's certain precautions that you can take to make sure your health is okay. And you you just have to kind of understand that the world is an ever changing place. Diseases come up, and you can't cancel the virus like Biden wants to do. You have to adapt, and you have to do things. To live with it, right, you have to go forward, otherwise we're gonna be going backwards forever
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean and yeah we we do we do have to adapt to it, and i mean i think i think it'll it'll be very interesting because the amount what what scares me is just how many people went along with wearing masks, like you know. Like as soon as uh, they said, "Well, you need to wear masks," every, most everyone was actually like, "Okay." And
2: you know, now, the curve. Now
0: right. they're saying we need to wear two masks, and yeah, I, mean, I won't I be think, wearing masks. I think some people are starting to wake up to what a farce it is, but yeah, it's it's interesting.
1: I hope so, and you know, one thing I worry about too is going back to my point about how, you know, the the governments are thrive on this kind of power over us. I I worry that as more and more people wake up, like you just mentioned, how they're going to respond to that. Are they just going to eventually give in and say, all right, screw it. We're going to give up our power or or are they going to double down and things could get scarier uh, before they get better? You know, it's, so it's, it's kind of up in the air at this point where things are going to go.
0: I'm I'm also curious to know um because I know that although um Jason you're not you're not broadcast you've kind of taken a break from podcasting for a while. I know that you're still vocal and I got a ton of slat of flack from people over the January 6th uh riots. Uh people like accusing me of you know, being part of QAnon and whatnot, which I don't even understand what QAnon is. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I I still get flack for the January 6th riots. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to know, uh, have you got any pushback, you know, for still like being a Trump supporter from, uh, you know, liberals or...
1: Not personally, but I mean, I know many conservatives that have, um, you know, what liberals like to do a lot of the time, Sam, as you well know, is lump all of us conservatives into the same group. Um, or in the case of the, the, um, Capitol riots, they like to exploit one or two whack jobs and use it to say, oh, this is the conservative movement. They're violent, they're white supremacists and, and they're all the rest. And, um... So, you know, we get to a point where, you know, you could have a conservative like yourself, Sam, or me, or Tate, um, just trying to have a normal conversation with a liberal. And their, their instinct is, hey, you're a conservative, you're a white supremacist, you're, you're this, you're that, or the other. It's, um, th- they're labeling us. They've been doing this for years now, and I think this Capitol riot really gave them an excuse to double down. Um, on the whole, on the whole, they're violent, they're racist, you know, the whole spiel that they say.
0: Well, now it's even given them, like, and this is something that I think it was starting to happen when we were podcasting, but not nearly to the extent that it is now. Like, conservatives are actually getting physically assaulted now. And, you know, not just, like, the big-time voices, but just like, you know, average one of them all people now are getting assaulted for wearing, you know, Trump gear and whatnot, which is, yeah. you know, like, it's not crazy to me any, anymore because it's been happening for a few years. But when it first started, I was like, oh, boy, this is yeah, this is the next level.
1: Uh, well, here here's the difference that I see between conservatives and liberals on, on this issue. Sam, I've talked about this before. Um, conservatives have I. I should. I mean, most conservatives I should say um, tend to call out violence no matter no matter who's committing it. Right? If it's violence from our side, if it's a few whack jobs on our side, or if it's some whack jobs on their side, we call it out because violence is wrong. Right? The left doesn't do this. They're, they they take a one sided approach to. Uh, to to calling out violence—that is to say, when their side is violence, like Antifa, they're kind of silent. But God forbid, two whack jobs, um, you know, turn violent at the Capitol, then it's huge news. So th- there's a difference between how conservatives and liberals respond to this sort of thing. It's it's they're they're totally hypocritical.
0: Yeah, it it, it really you know? is. And also, you know this. This whole thing also feeds into cancel culture too. And this is one thing that I wanted to uh you know bring up with you guys too, not to segue too abruptly, but uh I know that you guys like I know that you guys did a uh pop culture and entertainment podcast for a while. And usually ah. pop culture and entertainment is what we cover on the Thursday show here as well. Uh, and lately I've been talking a lot about Disney and how, uh, they canceled, uh, Gina Carano, uh, and all of that. I know that you guys, like me, are, uh, are subscribed to Disney Plus, um, but I recently canceled my subscription, not just because of of the Gina thing, but because of, Uh, Disney's hypocrisy with the whole, uh, you know, Chinese, uh, you know, they filmed Mulan basically right next to the, uh, you know, Uyghur genocide camps, and we're open about about that. And uh, also, I don't know if you guys saw what John Boyega had to say about uh, Lucasfilm, but apparently the reason why... Uh, Finn's story was so, uh, you know, minor, was because of the of the Chinese market, and they essentially don't like black people. Um, so, Tate, you had some interesting takes on the whole uh, Lucasfilm thing. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to know what what do you guys think of this whole uh, thing with Gina Carano and Lucasfilm, and just in general.
2: Yeah, I. So, here's the thing, and as as shitty as it is, I'm a sucker for good TV, and I follow these series. Truthfully, I mean, we're at the mercy of these, these idiot, uh, these horrible companies that have a complete control over it. But um, I'm a sucker for good TV, and I really do like the storylines. I love Marvel. I love Star Wars and all that stuff. Um, do I think it was disgraceful what they did to gina carano absolutely um that being said and i know this might trigger a a a couple of uh, divided opinions maybe but if i'm at my job and i choose not to wear a mask i might get fired do i like wearing a mask nope not at all but i gotta do it because i gotta keep making money and stuff gina carano maybe was not the smartest in how she worded what she meant and Having a huge role as she did, maybe wording it a little bit differently would have been a little better for her. Sure. Um, and I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not taking the soft side at all. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it. It. You got to be careful in sometimes because you know how absolutely moronic these companies are and what they're going to do. And you know what, what's unbelievable though is the hypocrisy. The actors on the left, when Trump was in office, made uh, accusations tying him to Hitler all the time. Nobody said boo. Yeah. And Gina Carano comes out and says this. She's booted. So if you can't see that, you're blind. You you got to be out of your mind not to be able to say, that. yeah, that's hypocrisy. So it was a horrible thing for her to get fired. And I truly, I wish her all the best. And I hope she does well in the rest of her career. Um Wording it differently may have prevented it, maybe not. Maybe this was her destiny, but um, regardless, the fact that they booted someone because of their political view is atrocious and so un-American. It's not even funny.
0: Well, and I'm I'm curious to know also, um, you know who's who's next. I I think I think they're going to try and get uh, Chris Pratt canceled because he's you know very.
2: You know, I can see that
1: like, happening, Sam.
0: Yeah, well, I agree.
2: He's an for Christ's sake, Mr. for Christ's sake, Mister Potato Head was canceled today.
0: Wait that that was real? That wasn't a Babylon Beyond. I think that was
2: a real thing. No, that's a real thing. Now he is just Potato Head.
0: Oh, for yeah, for for
2: for fuck. Yeah, here sake. it is.
1: Here it is. New York Times. Mister Potato Head brand goes gender neutral.
0: <laughs> it a. It's unbelievable. You can't make uh, this
2: up. What, what what kind of world are we living in?
0: Oh fuck yeah!
2: But yeah, it's a it's a terrifying thing. All these um, all these conservative actors they have a, a bullseye on their back. McConaughey? who knows? Christian or uh, Chris Pratt? I mean, all these kind of guys who guys and gals who who are outspoken or even not so outspoken, closeted conservatives. If their view comes out, God forbid, they don't get hired for another role ever again. It's well, it's. It's so unbelievably not our uh not the way we should do things
0: I did either of you actually see the uh Ben Shapiro's interview with uh with Gina speaking of another name from our past
2: I don't believe so I didn't she is making a film for for the daily wire though right yeah
0: she yeah she is and I mean I've I've had a daily wire subscription. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's not cheap. It's a hundred, it's a hundred and like $25 a year. I I've had it. Um, and yes, I know that part of my audience doesn't like Ben that much, but so what, um, who doesn't like Ben?
1: How can you not like Ben?
0: Well, yeah, that that's, they think he's <laughs> like too much of a pro Israel shill. And, uh, they think,
2: I love Israel.
0: They think, they think. Well, they can't get over the fact that he was never Trump, which I can kind, I, I can kind yeah. understand that. But you know, he, so did vote for, for he did vote for Trump the second time around, which is what counts. Um, ben, yeah,
2: Ben Shapiro, he he kind of aggravates me in some ways because I remember throughout all of Trump's presidency, on the Daily Wire articles, he would post bad Trump or good Trump with his decisions and that's just that's pretty divisive for conservatives and that's the last thing we need
0: and i mean i so i'm more on paid, but i mean now with now with gina going to the daily wire i'm i'm not canceling my subscription um you know to the daily wire and you know i think i think i actually think disney can be redeemed maybe not necessarily by um i don't think they're going to hire back gina but you know more and more people are calling for like chris pratt to be canceled and they need to stick to their guns and say no otherwise more people will start canceling um,
2: well yeah. what's 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 kind of scary about the chris pratt thing is i would say that he's more of a god-loving christian than he is an outspoken conservative uh-huh and if they cancel him for that that's that's even another level
0: well and if you follow if you follow Gina on like twitter or instagram she's not that political at all either um like most of her stuff is just reposting like those you know motivational you know memes like be the best of you know you can be and just like really encouraging stuff i i think I think she got in trouble for simply just like, well, I know she got in trouble for the comparison, but I remember the first time she caught heat was back during the election when she was just saying stuff like, hey, we shouldn't demonize, you know, Trump supporters because they're, they're Americans too. Just like really innocuous, non-controversial stuff.
2: I heard that the, the straw that broke the camel's back for Gina Carano was... During her time filming with Disney for The Mandalorian, Disney was on her tail saying, you need to be gender inclusive in your Twitter bio. Can you please put your adjectives? Yeah. And she said, I'm not going to do that. And so what she did to troll them was in her bio, she put beep, boop, bop. Yeah, she did. (laughs) And they didn't like that. And I think that was the final straw that that led to her, uh,
1: Fire! <laughs> I know about that. That's pretty funny. Yeah.
0: Well, you well, you guys should watch the uh, interview that Ben did with her because essentially, one of the things that they wanted her to do, and this this is partially why I canceled my my subscription. It wasn't. I mean, I can I I can deal with uh, you know Disney being liberal. I'm okay with that. But what I can't abide by. <coughs> is the fact that, uh, you know, they they basically told her, we want you to apologize for that. And she said, uh, no. And they were like, well, we want you to, uh, we want you to watch this film on LGBTQ inclusivity. So she's like, okay, I'll do that. She, she watched the documentary and then they were like, okay, now we want you to get in onto a Zoom call with forty uh, people in the LGBT community and, uh, and apologize to them individually. That's communist China tactics. Maoist yeah, people apologize pu- publicly like that, and yeah, that's that's like hostile work environment stuff. That it's would scary.
2: Human resources. Yeah, that's a terrifying road to go down.
1: Um, you know, and Sam, the other thing too is we have all these protected classes, right? We have, you know, protections for religious views or sexual orientations, or, um, you know, th- there's a whole list, but political views are not on it. And I think that's so wrong. Pol- mm. Political views mm. is not a protected um, class, I guess you could call it.
0: Well, and I
1: think that's so wrong.
0: Yeah, well, interesting you say that, though, because supposedly disability is a protected class, right? Mm -hmm. But speaking from personal experience, your protected class, in my case, being disabled, only goes so far, and because I don't toe the party line of being a good liberal Uh my uh and also being a white cis which I don't even know I don't even know where the hell all these terms come from but basically the fact that like I'm a white straight male uh you know and I'm on the right that trumps my disability uh you know, protections, uh, yeah, in the yeah. In the SJW left right. community, right. So, so if you're
1: a conservative, everything else goes out the window. You know what yeah. I mean? All your protections are gone. You know if you're if you're a Christian, okay, you have religious protections, but don't you dare be a conservative Christian, because then you don't have religious protections. It's so twisted.
0: Yeah, it. it It really is. Um, So uh,
1: That's cancel culture.
0: Yeah, I mean, cancel culture is a big problem, but I'm glad people are starting to fight back against it. Yeah,
2: I'm so tired of it. Crowder, I think, got booted off of Twitter this week.
0: Yeah, which, big whoop, no no one is, uh, I mean, no one I know, well, like I told you guys off air, All the people that I actually used to interact with on Twitter are all banned now. Now, luckily, I have, like, I have their phone numbers and whatnot, so I can text them. But still, other than posting, like, the podcast, there's really no reason for me to go on Twitter anymore. It's just, it's boring.
2: Yeah, it is. And it's, it's something that I could live without, frankly.
0: So, um... I, I don't know how to ask this, but um I, I do know that you guys had the on tap podcast for a while and uh it seemed like you guys were doing pretty well with that, and then you I know you guys had to kind of step away from that, but um are there any plans for you guys to uh I guess join the can the counterculture again?
2: counterculture i like that the resistance yep
0: do you mean political yeah or just are you guys gonna podcast in general or any or anything like i'm, that? I'm
1: thinking about it sam honestly because you know one of the things is i i did as you well know i did radio for um many years like you did not i don't think i did it for 14 years but i did it for several years and after a long period of time like that, you step away from it and you start to really miss it, you know? Um, so I, I'm thinking about it, you know, it's it's always something that's been on the back of my mind, but now I'm, I'm starting to, I think, get the gears going again and start thinking about how I can jump back into it, because I do miss it, and I had a blast doing it, and now I have a little bit of a following um, through my TikTok political page, so... It might be a good time, so I'm I'm thinking about it,
2: and I'd be happy to be the Bo Snerdly to his <laughs> show if if allowed.
0: Well, you well you guys are welcome on this program, you know, to contribute regularly because I know that I know that people just get tired of uh, Apex and I rambling about randomness uh, week after week. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we
2: love being on. We love chatting with you. It's always a good time
0: yeah so if you guys want to become you know regular contributors, people are always asking for me to have more you know people on so i'd be happy. i hope to... your
1: listeners like us sam. I hope we don't bore people I know that that'd, be, no, that'd I, be pretty pretty bad I, I
0: i think i think though my uh my listeners once we once we uh get the show live you know this was kind of uh interesting because we we were gonna do it live folks and we did have it live but then uh you know at first Skype uh crapped out and then uh Streamlabs when we tried to do it there wouldn't even boot up so i i think you'll find uh you know my audience is a very uh eclectic mix of people um,
2: That's good though. We like uh we like a mixed bag. Sure.
0: I I, yeah, I, 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 have, I have a bit of, a, of everyone, so um, let's see. Um, kind of going back to the whole thing with uh, Disney, though, I know that last time um, I listened to uh, your guys' old podcast on tap, I think WandaVision was still in the works. So I'm curious to know, now that that show is out, have you guys been watching that at all, and what do you think of Marvel's plans just
2: in general? Oh my god, this is this is quite the rabbit hole. First of all, I love this show. Uh, I think it's hard to believe that at one point Marvel was thinking about not starting Phase 4 with WandaVision, um, because originally it was going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm... Um, excited for, but not as excited as I was for Wandavision. But um boy, this opens up a whole nother world in the MCU, doesn't it? Um, mutants and special cameos and fox characters and everything. It's it's entertaining and it's it's really nice to see uh something that is developing phase four Sam, in the MCU.
1: And Sam, it's funny you ask about Wandavision too, because I was just just uh before we, we got on the call, I was reading this article from comicbook.com. Wandavision cinematographer says biggest shots are yet to come. This was just published today. So they're saying that, you know, they the line the first line of the article says, Wandavision fans, you haven't seen anything yet. So that, that sends a shiver down my spine.
0: I um I have to kinda of admit I um I wasn't a big fan of Elizabeth Olsen up until up until this series. Like I know that her character, uh Wanda, aka Scarlet Witch has been in the Avengers films before, but she was always kind of like a she was always a she was always a side character and she kind of seemed, She didn't have a lot of screen time. Yeah, but even when she did, she kind of seemed like, I don't know, like her character was kind of shallow um but she can i'm actually surprised by how well she can act um
2: she's a she's a great actress and she's proven that with this series um she's proven in the mcu a little bit but this is like this is on another level and paul bettany too i can't imagine any it's honestly paul bettany as vision is the casting like uh hugh jackman well, like Hugh Jackman or like Robert Downey as Iron Man. I can't yeah. picture anyone else playing Vision.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed because I like him as Vision, but from my understanding, WandaVision is like a one and done thing, so they are going to keep Vision as being dead, um which is I don't know, kinda of disappointing. But I also Are you sure about defend... that?
1: Okay, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back.
0: Are you sure they're gonna keep him dead? That's that's what I've been reading, but but who knows? Hopefully they don't. And if I, I have to
2: watch this man die for like a fourth time now, I'll be my heart will be shattered.
0: I I do like the fact that they've um made Wanda kind of the villain of this whole uh series indirectly. But
1: Sam. It was Agatha all along.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and I, I figured they were going to go down that uh, rabbit hole. I'm curious to know because um, I'm, I'm a big comic uh, nerd. And uh, Agatha Hartness is actually a Doctor Strange villain. So I'm wondering if we're going to get uh, the good Doctor uh, to make a cameo.
1: That'd be so awesome, yeah, I think, I think it's almost
2: awesome. i think it's almost you could bet the farm on Doctor Strange yeah. cameoing within the last two episodes. I also think um Agatha Harkness in the comics she serves mephisto, and I think that's what they're building up for the multiverse madness
0: yeah i'm 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 hoping they bring uh mephisto back into things i'm ho- I'm hoping they bring uh ghost Rider in too non Nicholas Cage. Though. you think we'll see Magneto? Um, I mean, if they're bringing in the X-Men. Like, uh, no, but
1: I'm saying in WandaVision.
0: I mean, I'd like them to, because if you've read the comics, uh, Magneto is Wanda's father. Right. Um. I think it's a rights thing at this point. I'd like them to, but I don't know if they actually have the rights. I, I know they have the rights, but I don't know if they're set to use Magneto yet, if that makes sense.
2: I think, I think they have everything. I think they have the total Fox uh, X-Men universe, which is really cool. And if on the off chance we do see Magneto... Make a cameo in *WandaVision*. I'm calling Ian McKellen instead of Michael Fassbender, Magneto.
0: Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping so. Although, I mean, maybe, maybe if that's the case, then they'll do something like she's his granddaughter or something because Ian McKellen is getting up there. At, he sure
2: uh, is. That's true. Age. But
0: yeah, he's a uh, he's a legend for sure. And then, um, I mean, I'm. I am stoked for uh, Bucky and uh, you know the Falcon that series.
2: I think that's going to be like a Top Gun explosions uh, kind of pedal- action packed action packed pedal to the metal series.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be more of a spy thriller series, which yeah. I I like personally. Um, right. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be
2: really,
1: really cool. So,
0: yeah, I, I, I point, hope that
1: I hope that that show is as plot-driven as WandaVision is. I hope there's going to be some big reveals like we had in WandaVision and stuff like that. You know, some cameos. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I I'm hoping that we also actually get Bucky as Captain America too. Because there was a period of time in the comics where uh, Steve Rogers hey. got shot and for like you know five years or what or whatever uh, in our timeline Bucky was actually Captain America so I, Sam I
1: gotta say you know your comics
0: yeah I mean I, I was I was a nerd even before I was a yeah. uh, even before I was a, a political nerd so. <laughs> Um, well Yeah, I, I I've always loved Marvel and that, I mean that's part of the reason too why I'm bummed out. That it seems like the uh the left and the SJWs are really, you know, trying to wedge their way into you know, fandom too. So uh,
2: right, I know. Are you um are you do you watch D C films at all? I I do. Um
0: yeah, have I have you I, seen
2: the uh have you seen the uh, Snyder Justice League trailer
0: I I have seen it um, I'm excited for it I'm actually one of the only people I know that actually liked uh, Wonder Woman 84 yeah I mean it had it's flaws but I in my mind it, it was kind of meant to be like an 80's cheesy film and that's what it was that's what it was
2: so. that that beginning scene of them in the mall that i just don't the way that was shot, I fundamentally disagree with I just don't think it looked good it it yeah. did look cheesy, yeah. but the rest of it, yeah, it was all right, definitely not my favorite movie, but it was it was entertaining,
0: yeah so well, and then and then gal gal Godot is always pretty to look at at the very least, so oh
2: you can't go wrong with that that's worth the ticket price alone, yeah so um.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, I think DC still has a lot of catching up to, to do, um, to the point where I'm almost like, maybe they should just reboot the thing from the ground up. But you know, then we'll have yeah. we'll have to see what the Snyder Cut uh, of Justice League brings us. I'm
1: the curious. best thing DC could do right now, Sam, is like you said, start fresh with a clean slate. Start with, like, the equivalent of Iron Man 1 for the DC Universe and just go. Yeah. You Um, know, stop with these recastings and, and all the rest.
0: What do you think of, um... I know that you guys loved Joker, as did I. Um, and I... And, I mean, I think they should actually tie, um... Joaquin's Joker into the main DC Universe, but they're not going to. I, I, I wish they would. I agree. But
2: um, Instead, they went with Jared Leto for a third uh, reboot in makeup.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing of it is, Jared Leto is actually a decent actor, but eh. That's a horribly
1: written Joker,
0: though. Oh, it, it's, it's the worst it's the worst Ren <laughs> Joker,
2: um, terrible. The, it, the the fact that in the in the Snyder trailer, Jared Leto's Joker said, "We live in a society where honor is something." That's that's an abomination. I mean, that's the Joker coming to grips with honor in society. That's just not his character.
0: Well, I feel like the thing with the Joker is everyone who has been trying to copy heath ledger for Mm -hmm. the past you know 15 years and i'm sorry but you know you you can't you can't copy that
2: no you never can
0: and uh you know i guess pay tribute to it but don't try and copy it directly
2: um right i agree completely uh, that's like trying to mimic a uh, Rush Limbaugh on the air. You just can't do it.
0: And then, what do you think of? Uh, I'm I'm curious to know what do you guys think of Robert Pattinson, uh, aka Sparkly
2: uh, Batman. I'm excited for it. It's the internet's been kind of divided on it, but it's it's one of those castings where it's not really typecasting. Like he doesn't really fit the image super well, but when i heard it i was like okay like let's let's see how they write it and let's see what they do there's um he's a great actor he was phenomenal in in lighthouse and um and stuff so i think he could do it i think he's up for the task and i think he's a good enough actor to actually make a good batman
0: have you seen the Lighthouse, sam um yeah i actually did see the lighthouse and it was a weird movie but, yeah, was, I liked it though it was interesting yeah I, I like i liked it too i I actually like you guys um i don't like I don't like horror movies, although i there are some that I like um but I'm more of a psychological thriller um type of guy, and that was definitely in that vein um mm-hmm. and, yeah, it was yeah.
2: Um, also, it, did you hear the? Uh, sorry, did you hear the title of Spider-Man Three is confirmed? Really, it is. It is No Way Home.
0: So we got uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, Homecoming first. Yeah, Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home. Hmm. Right seems to be kind of an overarching <laughs> theme here.
2: Indeed, <laughs> it does. <laughs>
0: So and I, I and I like Tom Holland as Spider Man. I what I want them to do though is I want them to keep him around a bit more so we, that we can actually like see Peter Parker grow. Because yeah. we've gotten like we've gotten like ten films of him in high school now and but like, I like I wanna see Peter when he's in his mid thirties uh-huh. because there are some there are some interesting stories then. Um, even the
2: even the video game starts off with him in his mid... I think mid-30s. He's yeah. been Spider-Man for like 10 years now or 15 or something.
0: Yeah, and I, I'd like them to go with that Peter in the movies instead of... I mean, yeah. I understand that he's popular with teenagers, but seriously, you don't need to reboot the character every five years.
1: Well, I I like how they started Tom Hyland's Spider-Man being this kind of young, naive, innocent... Uh, high school hero, because that that I think is very true to the comic books. But going off your point, I think it would be very cool to see him grow up and and mature as a older Spider Man. You know? Yeah. So I, uh, I hope they do keep him around. I hope in that... Spider Man three. Do you think it's going to be interesting to see what what they do with the multiverse? Yeah it it is. Well,
0: and now with. Uh, them having rights to the Fox characters back, I'm curious now if they're going to bring Venom into this. Listen, I,
1: I want to see some Toby.
0: Yeah. If, uh, if yeah, I don't I, see
1: Toby Maguire doing his pelvic thrusts dancing, I'm going to be a sad boy.
0: I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I want to see a conclusion because they were going to do Spider-Man 4 back in the day, but they never did. Yeah. And I mean, Spider Man Three was kind of a, a weak. I I like Tobey Maguire, but maybe that's just because I'm old. And uh, you no, know, I, he's I remember, still my
2: favorite Spider Man. I love Tobey Maguire. I thought his, yeah. you know, he just embodied Spider Man, and that that's probably truthfully because it is nostalgic. But I I loved him as a Spidey. It'd be it'd be something else to see him come back.
0: I I wasn't a big fan of Andrew Garfield only because I felt like he was more of a skater. He was good as Spider-Man, but not as Peter Parker. He wasn't nerdy enough.
1: At, it was a different take on Peter for sure. Yeah. You know, but I I mean, I I didn't mind the Amazing Spider-Man movies Sam. I I think I know a lot of people really didn't like them. I didn't think they were horrible. Um they were entertaining, you know, but yeah. nothing compared to Tom Powell and Spider Man or uh, Toby Maguire's.
0: Yeah, definitely. So. Definitely. But uh, like I said, they were interesting. They were they were
1: decent movies. I thought.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely hope with uh, with them also acquiring the Netflix characters, I'm hoping that we do get like the the uh, promised fourth season of. Daredevil, as well.
1: Um, That's because, a
0: show I've never watched.
1: I, I've heard a couple people, you know, recommend it to me, but I've
0: never, never watched it. It's, it's probably, it's probably like the standard for comic book shows. At this really? Point. In, in my opinion, at, hmm. at least. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's really character driven. It, it's, it's really, uh, it's really dark, though, too. I, um, you know, so if you're, if you're into that type of stuff, then, then you'll like it. If not, then, uh, you know, you won't,
1: huh? Well, maybe I'll check it out,
0: but yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's a good show. I, I would recommend it. So, and then I, I would also recommend after that, the, uh, the Punisher series. So,
1: yeah, you know, that's a show I watched I think I watched the first couple episodes of that. I don't know how many there are now, but um, it was a show that I started and stopped for whatever reason. I did like it. It wasn't. I didn't stop because I didn't like it, but um, it just it, that was a really really cool show, and I want to pick it up again at some
0: point. Well, like like the MCU, the Netflix shows tie into each other. So if you're if you're not caught up on Daredevil, there are going to be Easter eggs with like the Punisher show that you might not, um, you know, get because gotcha. they do they do tie into each other. Yeah, um, and now with them being the one thing I do worry about with um, you know, Disney having like rights to to the Punisher is. I don't want them to make Daredevil or The Punisher like PG, uh, you know, characters.
1: Oh yeah, I know they because those are dark characters.
0: Yeah, and that and that is my one complaint with like you know Disney's Marvel. I understand why they're doing it, but um, you know, like I, I'm really hoping that we do get uh, like a true. Uh, like horror film version for Doctor Strange too, and if,
1: I think Doctor Strange Two is going to be pretty. Um, I don't know if scary is the right word. I think it's going to be more intense than we're used to for the MCU.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping so. If they do that, I'll be you know pretty happy.
1: So. Yeah, there's a lot they could do with the the multiverse. You know, in in Doctor Strange, there's just so many avenues they could take. It's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, especially if we get Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which I know, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be doing that next
2: year. Yeah, that'll meeting. be coming out. That's going to be an exciting one. So, um,
0: and I think I... Um, share this with you guys, but, but Chris Pratt is actually doing another project for Amazon that I'm pretty excited about. Um, he's doing this series called uh, The Terminalist, which was based off of a series of like uh, political throne novels that uh, I've been reading for the past few years. It's basically kind of like uh, well, the, the plot in the novel is basically this uh, Navy SEAL comes home and discovers he has brain cancer from an experimental drug that the uh, that like the military injected him with, and uh, basically the uh, the deep state tries to um, kill him, and they kill his family, and it it's basically the the novels are basically like conservative. Uh, murder porn, basically. Is how I...
2: Conservative John Wick kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, ba- basic, basically.
2: <laughs> so that sounds that sounds inviting.
0: Yeah, the the novels are great, and uh, I'll I'll send you guys a link to them on Amazon because they're definitely worth it. But they're making into a series on uh, Amazon Prime, and Chris Pratt is being cast and. I mean I'm I'm really excited about that. That's supposed to come out at the end of the year. So um
2: so yeah. That'll be fun. I really like Chris Pratt.
0: Yeah, I mean and I know that he's he's more known for being like like a lighthearted comedy uh, you know, actor. Uh and this is going to be this is going to be a lot darker, so I'm well, curious to know how he can play like a more serious character. Well, you know, Sam, so was John Krasinski. I mean, yeah. same kind of thing. He was a
1: kind of a goofball actor and then he took on more serious roles in uh in um a few different movies and absolutely nailed it, you know, so yeah. I think Chris Power will do good.
0: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, John Krasinski did really good in the in the uh in the Jack Ryan series. Which... He did. What What was that Benghazi movie called again? Um, Thirteen Hours. Yeah, Thirteen Hours.
1: Phenomenal in that movie, like you said, Jack Ryan. He was very
2: good in Silence, or no, not Silence. Uh, a Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, a Quiet Place was was really good. Um, yeah. I never saw trailers for
2: the second one. Trailers yeah. for the second one look really good.
0: Yeah, I mean. I don't know though. I'm here cur- I'm interested in the second one but also that was a movie that is good kind of on its own. Like I didn't feel like it needed a sequel
2: necessarily. I, I get that. There. Yeah, I, I could I could I could understand that.
0: Um you know, I think I think the fact they're trying to like tie into Cloverfield is a bit weird but um is John Krasinski directing it again? I I hope so because yeah. he did a, he did a great job with that Yeah, one. he did. Um so and I I mean again, that's another one that is kind of I don't know if that would be in the horror uh genre, but certainly in the suspense um, you know, genre. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. um. But anyway, well, is there anything else that you guys would like to uh, cover? Or uh... I think we covered a hell of a lot, Sam. Yeah, and you I, know. I, and I know that I've been keeping you guys a, a bit late, so I apologize. But I hey, thank no, you no worries
2: at all. We had fun being here, as we always do, man.
0: So um anything that I anything that you'd like to promote um you know I I know Jason you said you're on TikTok and uh, yeah if
1: people have TikTok they can check me out just type in uh I guess just by first and last name Jason Veely J A Y S O N V E L E Y and if you like um comedic conservative content that's very biting uh, and passive aggressive towards the left, you'll love my content. I
0: do. I do want to ask you about that real quick. Um, sure. So you do a series um, which I've actually played clips of it um, before, called "Living with a Liberal," in which you play you play yourself as a character, but then you also have like a a liberal sjw character um that you've made yes and it's it's a one-man show essentially yeah um so i mean how first off like are you just drinking beers and randomly think of like random plots (laughs) or pretty much that's the
1: process pretty much sometimes a
0: whiskey so, and, oh, so much like, much like what I do, if, and when I write satire, too. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, and then, do you film it yourself, or how, how do you, how do you do all of that? And then I, I know that even yeah, like, I, you were doing, like, a podcast, too, I know. Yeah, the, so
1: I was doing a scripted podcast based on the two characters that I created, in I did about five of those, and it got. When you do scripted podcasting, as a as opposed to just like this kind of a podcast, scripted podcasts are very very time consuming, mm-hmm. and I think I uh, I underestimated how much time that would be taking up. So I did five episodes of that. Um, people liked it, but I unfortunately had to put that on a hiatus for now. Um, but I'm still doing the TikTok videos, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a one man show. I. I just set up a tripod and, um, well, first I write up a script uh, and then I just uh, set up a tripod. I dress up as one character, do all the clips for that character. Then I change clothes and I do all the clips for the second character and then I just edit it together and upload it. takes about a little over an hour to film and then edit and upload.
0: Yeah, so... Also, your uh our fans actually cross over um somewhat <laughs> and I can't remember this person's uh handle but someone asked a while ago um is that beard yours? And uh are you planning on growing that thing out like is your
1: uh, is, is, is it you, mine?
0: Yeah, is your beard long enough to be like its own entity now? <laughs> Do you own the beard, or does the beard own you? Well, in many
1: ways it owns me, Sam. In many ways it does have a mind of its own, because it grows every which way. Um, though I will uh, say that my lovely fiancé got me a beard grooming kit for Va- Valentine's Day a couple weeks ago, so I've been using that and taming the beast, so to speak. Um, so that's helped.
0: Yeah, she's trying She's trying to give you a few hints, I can I can. Say. Well, the I...
1: thing is, she, she likes the longer beard, though. She just, you know, wants it groomed. I suppose so. As as do I. Oh, that, that's um, cause, good. Because otherwise, the thing about my beard is it grows out, not down. Yeah. So, uh, so you got to have some maintenance there. But
0: I have. Uh, I'm a thing of I can't grow a beard to save my life. I can grow sideburns, and I can grow. I can grow a really cool Tom Selleck mustache, but I can't grow a <laughs> a beard at all. The, in fact, people. People get mad when I when I shave the mustache. Now it's 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 funny. It's like,
1: I, I think it's iconic for you, Sam. I I'd keep it. Yeah, like just I,
0: pencil pencil in the gaps. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while I have to I have to shave it because it gets like too unruly. And whenever <laughs> I shave it, I have to shave it all the way off because, um, you know, if I don't, I accidentally end up, I accidentally give end up giving myself. A Hitler mustache and, uh, <laughs> you know, leave it, to one, leave it to one guy to ruin that mustache for everyone else for all of time. Of
1: course. Well, take take care for the longest time. Couldn't grow a full beard and now we end. So, you know. Keep the hope. Keep the faith.
0: Yeah. So. You never know. Well, that that yeah that's that series that you uh do on TikTok is is uh pretty funny. How how many followers are you up to now on on, on TikTok? I have I have uh, what is it? Uh,
1: I'm checking right now. I think it is a hundred
0: about hundred and fifty five thousand. That's not that's not bad. Um Yeah you should go on my uh, my buddy my buddy one of my buddies uh, Jeremy he has a podcast called The Interest of Stuff, and uh, he plays TikTok content all the time. So he and his wife do like a like a late night uh, comedy show. And oh, they're, really? They're into TikTok, so I'll i definitely tell him to check your uh, your page out. So. Uh- are they conservative?
1: Hopefully, otherwise they might not like it.
0: <laughs> um. Oh well. Let me let me just put let me just put it this way. Uh, they're they're conservative, but they're also, and I mean I include myself in in this category too. They're they're complete degenerates too. <laughs> um. A lot of it is is them. Is uh just him like talking about. How he likes to have sex with his wife, and uh, but it's it, it's funny the way the way the way they do it. So, and they just interesting. They just explore random corners of the in of the internet. So sure. Well, Sam, there, there was a time where you were on TikTok. I'm still waiting
1: for you to jump back on.
0: Yeah i i need to, i need to i need to jump back back on and start writing uh start writing my my scripts again. I. I was you had a good variety
1: a... though, Sam. You you did a I you did like a one you, you did like a scripted uh video, I remember one time. Another time you did like um I think you did like a was it a beer review or some kind of a drink yeah. review or something? Yeah. So you and, had a pretty good variety on there.
0: And that's and interestingly enough, beer reviews is mainly what my uh Instagram account consists of is uh you know, pe- people th- people think I'm a high functioning alcoholic because of my uh my Instagram account, but I'm you know I'm not. Um. So yeah, but I am gonna get back on TikTok, much to the chagrin of sh- people think it who think it's owned by China.
1: Well, I I don't know. I I won't go down that rabbit hole, but all I can say. Is TikTok? I'm having a blast on it. Um, yeah, I, I I I was able to build such a good following, and and by that I mean just you know the, the people that interact with my videos and comment and stuff like that are just the the best people. Um, it's just really really good for community building.
0: Yeah, that that's that's the one thing that's surprising. Well, and uh, and I mean Discord is pretty. Cool too. It's it's more private, but uh, you can you can basically build like online communities. So it's um, yeah, it's useful for that. So sure. But anyway, guys. Well, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the program, and uh, you know, sorry for the technical difficulties, but we managed to make it work, and uh, hopefully. We can make this a little more regular. Hopefully it won't be like every year or so that we that we talk.
2: Yeah, no kidding. It's but, always uh, good though, Sam. We we appreciate you having us on all the time. It's always great to talk to you. Talk to another conservative. Who, talk to someone who I don't think is insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it. going going off what Tate said, you
2: know, Sam, if you want us to uh, come on every few weeks or so, I'd,
1: I'd definitely be up for that. Definitely more often than once a year.
0: Heck, <laughs> heck yeah, man. I mean, every two weeks sounds good hell if you guys wanted to do weekly even i'd be fine with that so
1: well we'll we'll be in touch we 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 know that it's going to be more often than it has been that's for sure so we'll uh we'll get in touch with you and and work out the details look at our calendars and and make it work
0: for sure and uh folks we'll be right back uh, after this brief time out thanks for uh, listening and i'll be back to uh close out the show And, folks, that will do it for this uh, week's Thursday podcast. I want to thank Jason and Tate once again for joining me this week on the Thursday podcast. Again, go check out Jason on TikTok, at Jason Vili. And And uh, you can also follow both of the brothers on Instagram as well, uh, at Jason Vili and at Tate Vili. So, I want to thank them both for coming on the program, and uh, hopefully they'll be uh, more regular contributors to the program if, uh, you know, their schedule allows and whatnot. And I want to thank you, dear listeners, for tuning into the podcast and joining us uh, for the Thursday show. I will be back Saturday night for the live stream, 10 p.m. Eastern, on youtube.com forward slash the Whitfield Report, as always. And until then, God bless. God save this great nation. God, free I can see in that order. And I will see you on the next episode. God bless, folks.